ho, ho, ho. Merry podcast. If that doesn't get you in the holiday spirit. Oh, oh, God. Oh, got a smoker's cough. Oh, my God, Sam. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's actually scan. I just... Oh. Numbers on the boards. Skin is alive. Yeah, man. After after that, doing great. Good. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're. I'm glad your uh, your vocal cords are in good condition because you're going to need them. Yeah. So uh, the Mavericks this year are 13 and three. Whenever you're there. Oh, great. That's a good stat. It is a great stat because they're about to go on the road a lot. Mm. Fortunately, though, you'll be at one of those games i'll be two of them i'll oh, do two the, of them. Okay. Uh, yeah we will uh, go and do the golden state game saturday and the portland game sunday that's right and then we fly back in the middle of the night so that we can be here with our families on christmas on eve. christmas eve yeah okay so the mavs are uh they're going away from home here for four games we're gonna be talking about those games i'm bobby by the way Hi, we'll, Bob. we'll be talking about those games uh it is tuesday afternoon in beautiful Dallas, Texas. Uh, Mavs are leaving the state, I guess, going to going to the cold places on earth right now for four tough games. We're going to be talking about all of them here on this podcast, Numbers on the Boards. Uh, but Skin will be joining them. Everyone's worried about the road record. They're not going to be worried once they see your face. No, your smiling they're going to know. Face. It's on. You know, uh, have you Rick, been to any of the road games yet? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we did the uh, I did the San Antonio game. Oh, that's right. Which so was a great game. I thought that was the... They, they almost won it for you. They almost won it for me, and that was almost kind of like the quote-unquote Luca coming out party because he had that ridiculous second half. Yeah. That was the one where people were like, man, what's the deal with, with Luca?" Because he looked like he was frustrated at the end of the first half, and then he, he really got it cranking in the second half. Um, that, uh, you know, Rick talked about this. I guess it was a couple weeks ago he was talking about, you know, they're saying, well, what about how bad it's been on the road versus at home? And he's like, well – a lot of the road games were early in the year when we really weren't playing that well in general. Um, and then, you know, they've had some nice road games like the Houston game. And then they've had some clunkers like uh, some of the L.A. stuff and the Phoenix. Good Lord. I, I can't even give them a pass for second night of back-to-back stuff on Phoenix because everything about that game was frustrating. Yep. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about Dennis's injury. But Dennis kind of, all right, I got to go. I got to play, even though he's, he's fighting off injuries. So... I look at this starting tonight with the Denver game, this four-game stretch, and then they got four games where it's like on the road and home with both New Orleans and Oklahoma City, which is a weird scheduling quirk. But I look at this chunk of the section uh, – this I'm sorry, this section of the season as, hey, these next four games are a chance to really show people you're going to not just be a team that wins at home. And I'm not even talking about going, hey, go out there and go 3-1 and one on the road. That's tough. This is a, a ridiculously impossible trip. But the competition level with which they play is more than anything what I will be watching. Just got to bring the energy. Yeah. You know? And the thing is, like, you always hear this stuff, and I guess this is something that we could talk about a little later too, but uh, the Mavericks are usually on the road around the holidays. It seems like the last few years in a row, maybe even longer than the last few years, but certainly since I've been paying attention to this sort of stuff, 
they go west right before Christmas. Rick likes that, by he the do- way. Yeah, I think he does. I think you've talked about that on, on the show it's, before. It's the whole idea is, and it's not even necessarily going west so much, as if you go on the road, usually for a lot of these guys, people start coming into town for the holidays. And when your family rolls in, you got a lot of distractions. Yeah. So Rick likes the idea of you're away from your family and you're in these hotels and you're hyper-focused on the task at hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Traditionally, there used to be this deal where they always talked about for San Antonio that they would really get their act together when they went on these long road trips during the San Antonio rodeo at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And so you've heard, you know, players talk about this, but... It's just a chance for guys to kind of bond and, you know, figure things out on long road trips. And this is the Mavericks' first really long road trip of the year. It's right before the holidays. So they're not looking at this as, oh, man, that sucks. They're looking at it as, all right, how do we use this to our advantage? Yeah, and they're going to get to go into other people's homes whenever those guys are all stressed out about their families. And they'll get to leave a, hopefully, nice little lump of coal under the visitor's bench. I like that. uh, For them to find later. Uh, Okay, so... Before we talk about these games in detail, starting tonight at Denver, then you got the Clippers, you got the Warriors, you got the Blazers, and then you come home. A couple housekeeping notes. First off, Thursday night at Christie Sports Bar in Dallas. That is on McKinney Avenue, right in the middle of Uptown. We are going to be having a Mavericks watch party. It's Mavs and Clippers. The game starts at 9.30. It's only going to be on TNT. It's not going to be on Fox Sports. And the reason that that is notable is it frees up your night a little bit, Skin. Yep. So I would like to invite you personally to be on a live pregame show slash podcast slash roundtable thing what? with me, Mike, and Jake. What? What do you think? It's a dream come true. You I don't even do have it? to check my schedule. I'm there. Awesome. Awesome. I so can't wait. So we're going to just party at, at Christie's and yeah. talk, talk basketball? Yeah, so it's a Mavs watch party. I don't know if you've ever been before to one of those because I guess you're usually working the games. Yes. Uh, so our watch parties basically – it's maniacs, it's dancers, sometimes it's the mascots. we got all sorts of Mavs people out there. There's giveaways, uh, there's contests, people are winning autograph stuff, they're winning tickets to games. Uh, and this uh, watch party on Thursday night, you're going to get to watch a live podcast. That's great, man. I'm excited. I, uh, I'm very much looking forward to this. I thank you for the invite, and I will take you up on that, and I look forward to seeing all MFFLs. It's like a pre-Christmas celebration, sort of. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of our Festivus. Yeah, because you know what? Like, it's a Thursday night. A lot of people are probably taking Friday or maybe even getting Friday off of work. Right. Everybody's family's in town. You don't want to sit at home hanging out with your family for the third night in a row. Lord, no. You want to come out and hang out with your Mavs family. Right. You want to hang out with us? You want to hang out with Mike and Jake? You want to hang out with other MFFLs? Come win some, some free stuff? Maybe have a Coors Light? And can I uh, say, uh, enjoy M- the game. Can I say MFFL stands for Mavs Family for Life? Yeah. Can I do that if I want? Yeah, can absolutely. Can I freelance? Will the marketing department be okay with that? No, I, th- I think they'll be okay. Okay. I think you might get a strongly worded email from Cuban. Okay, that's okay. Actually, you know what? He'll be okay. He'll be okay. No, Mark likes to communicate via email. Yeah. It'll be, it'll oh, yeah. be yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, ar- yeah. Around okay. here, we don't have friends. We got family. Uh, we got family. You know? Mavs Family for Life, bro. Yeah, absolutely, brother. So, uh, okay, so that's going to be at Christie's Sports Bar. B-Day. In Dallas. December the 21st? December 20th. 20th, okay. Yeah, so the game, again, the game starts at 9.30, but we're going to get the party started around 8 o'clock. So go ahead Sounds and uh, bounce from work early, or if you work at night, skip work altogether. Yeah, just blow it off. no call, no show. Yep. Don't even get someone to cover your shift. Just come to the bar with us. Uh, get there during happy hour. Uh, have a have a couple 
beforehand. It'll sure. make it'll make it better. Absolutely. And, if you're uh, of age. Yeah, we'll get rolling around eight o'clock. No, if you yeah, only if you're of age. Right. Uh, if you cannot be there, we're gonna try and stream it. Should probably should not have said that. <laughs> but we're gonna try and stream it online. Can you dump that out of the podcast yeah, record. And uh, otherwise, uh, even if we can't stream it, or e- even if we can stream it, we're gonna release it as a podcast the next morning as well. Cool. So it's gonna be good times. Uh, and then also, uh, we will not be recording a podcast next week. Skin, I hate to break that news at to you. Christmas time. We need a, a breather. Yeah, yeah. And there's gonna be a lot of travel, so I'll be on. Uh, I'm not on this road trip now, obviously, but you're gonna be going to the Pacific Northwest for those uh, the Warriors Blazers back to back. That's gonna be a tough back to back. That's they, really they might need hard. you to suit up on those. That's really hard. Yeah, yeah I'd like to tough. get some. Depending on what's going on with Dennis and JJ, I might get some point guard burn. Yeah, that would be good. That'd be good. veteran experience. Yeah, so, yeah, um, I'm ahead. Yeah, so you'll be up there, and then the Mavs have a home game the day after. But then we're leaving right after that to go to New Orleans, and I'm going to that. So this is gonna be a whole lot of weird travel stuff. So we'll be back with you in 2019. Word. Uh, all the way into next year. But uh, anyway, so that's a that's a little bit of housekeeping. Um. Everything looks clean around here now. There are there is a bicycle, two the three bicycles. That looks like a bunch of Christmas gifts over there in the corner. Those are for you. Good. I'll yeah. take that big old dog. The Fisher Price basket over there. Oh that's, yeah, that's for you. I can dunk on that. Yeah, yeah. Get 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 some jumpers up. It's about four feet tall. You could probably dunk on that, right? Yep. Cool. Kind of like Bobin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Bobon, we'll be seeing him on this road trip, but that's. Two games from now. And as Rick would always say, I'm not worried about the next game. Right. right? I'm worried about this game. I'm worried about tonight. Denver's tough. I am worried about this game, too. They beat you up. Who would have thought, including even possibly Nikola Jokic himself, that on December the 18th, the Nuggets would be in first place in the Western Conference? I definitely wouldn't have thought that. I would have thought that, you know, they were sniffing top four, top five. Uh, but you know, and there's, you know, we're still, uh, Mavericks, what only three and a half out of first, how, how many games out four of four and a half. So they actually climbed, I think two spots in the standings last night without even playing. Right. And if uh, they lose tonight, they fall to 10th. It's, uh, and that's the way it's going to be for a while, yeah. you know, yanking it all over the wheel. We'll get to the Clippers in a minute, but Denver is really good. And we've talked about this before. It's like, you know, Jamal Murray to me is not a point guard, but it doesn't matter because they run so much offense through Jokic. Like he's Arvidas Sabonis or something. Yeah. And um, and Murray is a really wicked scorer for them. And he's got uh, he's got a tough old man mid-range game. Um, they got a lot of different ways that they can score. They just signed Swaggy P to make it even weirder. I guess he's the veteran head with championship experience now. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> well, dude, the crazy thing is like – their vet guy, right, the guy that's supposed to kind of show the young guys the way, uh-huh. Mills, Paul Millsap, is, he's like barely played for them at all since they got him because he's just been hurt. He's been hurt know? so much. They signed him last year. He missed almost the entire year. He's and then such he, a good player. Yeah, he's, he's so good, man. And then he played a month and a half this year, and then he hurt his foot. It broke, yeah. a, broke a toe, I think, and he's out for months. Yeah, he's out for a while. They can't catch a break there, yeah. but it's not slowing them down yeah, because I mean, dude, they're, they're so good. They're down Gary Harris. They're down Will Barton. Isaiah Thomas hasn't played. Michael Porter hasn't even played what is, By the way, what is Isaiah Thomas's schedule? He hadn't played a second, has he? Um, So, uh, hoping to return to action sometime this month. Okay. So... I don't know. That could be – that's pretty vague. Yeah. Is it still a hip thing with him? Uh, yeah. He hasn't played, I think, I don't since think he's last pl- season. Yeah, right? he hadn't played this year. Yeah. Or at least I hadn't thought he had played this year. And that's – dude, that lineup, like Isaiah Thomas, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Michael Porter, that's like 
a, almost a playoff team in the Dude, East. Dude, that's that's you know that's a pretty wild ass small ball team that's yeah. going to try and drop one twenty per hundred possessions. On yeah, it, you know? and they're they're down all those guys, and yet Denver in their last two games has beaten Toronto and OKC. They're tough. in that building. I I think um, not that I want to look back, but I think there's an interesting similarity in that their coach Malone got a raw deal in Sacramento. In my opinion, not like I super cover that team or anything, but. I always thought that – and I, I liked that Boogie liked him. I thought that meant yep. something. Uh, and I always thought that they played hard under him, and I thought he got a raw deal. And so now he's in Denver. And I remember I was talking to someone that was like, hey, I heard rumors that, boy, if Malone doesn't win this year, they may let him go. I'm like, what? And then he got an extension right before the year, or he got a contract uh, year picked up, and look at how good they're playing. And it's so interesting that we just saw Sacramento, where he came from, and Jaeger there is apparently dealing with the same stuff. Did you know Sacramento is three games over 500 after beating us for the first time since 2004? There's like a solid chance they make the playoffs and, this year. And there's there was friction between him and the front office. That is a joke. Yeah. Let let I mean fans that have been suffering, let them get some winning basketball on their eyeballs. I understand big picture stuff. I get it. But, dude, these kids can earn time. They don't have to just be given time. Mm. So that, that, that whole mentality frustrates me. And I just thought there was interesting synergy that we just saw Sacramento. They ran off a good coach, and the good coach they ran off has got a team full of injuries that we'll see tonight in first place in the Western Conference. Let these coaches coach. Yeah, man. well, and Malone has kind of left his imprint or made his imprint on this team very quickly because this is only what like his second, second or third uh, year. Then? This is his. I think this is his third season. Okay, I and uh, Denver is fourth in defense <laughs> this year. Fourth in defensive efficiency. This efficiency. teams play hard, man. And now Millsap is amazing, and even without him, they've been winning. And kind of the knock on Jokic is that he's like this transformative offensive player who mm -hmm. can do things no other center can, but he's not very good defensively. He's okay around the rim, but and he's good he's a good post defender. He's just you know yeah, he's, he's like not a, defending I mean he's kinda like Dirk. Yeah. Just not you don't want him in space. And with Jamal Murray, young point guard, you know, if if you're if your point guard is twenty one and your center is twenty two, twenty three and neither are really that quick, you're supposed to be getting like cooked every single night. And they're still top five in defense. Defense look Obviously, if you're an elite athlete, it gives you a better chance to be a great defensive player. But defense is about positioning, it's about anticipation, and it's about effort. And I know people go, blah, 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 that sounds generic. It's true, man. Mm. I think one of the best defensive runs I've seen is Jason Kidd in the 2011 playoffs at the age of 37 or however old he was. And it was all anticipation and knowledge and strength. Mm. All of it. He wasn't, like, working you side to side, dude. He was beating you to the spot. He was holding it. It was smarts. Yep. And and defense, in a lot of ways, is about smarts and effort. And uh, Denver's proof of that. Those guys you're mentioning, that's proof of that. Yeah. So props to Michael Malone. Give coaches a break. He's a coach's son. Not everything is the coach's fault. His daddy coached. Uh, Denver, by the way, 12-4 and four against the West this season. 12 wow, and 4 against the West. That's one of the most impressive stats I've heard this year. Yeah, your next best team, Golden State at 11 and 6. One of those 6 though came against the Mavs. Hey, what's up? So, uh Mavs watch Saturday out night. Denver. Yeah. Uh okay, so skin, this is going to be released. This is coming out a day early by the way. I don't know if I've said this out loud to the listeners breaking the fourth wall here, but uh this is going to be coming out the day of the game. So, 
uh, how are the Mavs going to win? Or if people are listening to this on the normal day, normally Wednesday, this is when this podcast comes out, how will the Mavs have won the game? Uh, I'm going to steal a line from the great, and I do mean great, Derek Harper, and it's defense travels. Um, he was talking about this in the Sacramento game, and we may get into this a little bit, the idea that with J.J. and Dennis down, you're lacking playmaking. Obviously, Luke is a good playmaker, and everybody likes Jalen. And, you know, Devin has a history, even though he's played very little one for us. Uh, you're missing two good playmakers. I think you could argue that J.J. is our best playmaker at this point at, based on knowledge and working in the system. Obviously, Luke has got these amazing skills, but, man, J.J.'s ahead. And, um, and so when you're lacking those sorts of things, your offense can struggle, and the best way to get offense going is with your defense because you get out in transition. And the defense was not there against Sacramento, especially the transition defense was yep. brutal. They're leaking out. I mean, and, and the Lakers kind of did the same thing, yeah. too. If the Mavs are taking a three above the break, They're whoever's gone. guarding them is just gone. Gone. And, and they are whipping that pass down. You have down. got to get back. And it's tough, too. I mean, especially, like, if you got Maxi playing four and a little guy's defending him, Maxi's not catching up to someone like that. No. I mean, so you've really got to take care to space the floor the right way. And then you, especially if you're in the corner, you got to get your butt back. Like, back. Boom. Yeah. Quick. Uh, so uh, the defense has to be there because when you get stops, you create easier shot opportunities. You don't want to grind it out. And, hey, all right, Luca, bail us out. Or, hey, Jalen. You know, Jalen's, Jalen do, doesn't get find himself in a lot of those situations. He sees those things and moves the ball. But when you're down playmaking, you have to make up for it with defense. You don't want to make up for it going, all right, we're going to ISO this guy and ISO that guy. You want to try to get transition and secondary offense stuff. So, that's the key. The key is going to be defense, and it's easier said than done when you're down a few people and you're playing 400,000 feet above sea level. So <laughs> this, all those this things. This game is in space. It's this crazy. game is in outer space. Uh, so they're playing the Monstars. <laughs> so that's going to be uh, that's going to be the key. It's going to be: Are you getting stops and turning those stops into opportunities, scoring opportunities? So Dennis is listed as doubtful mm -hmm. for this game. I'm assuming he's not playing. I, I don't know how long he'll be out, but basically every time he comes back, he falls on his wrist again and yeah. re-aggravates it. And so it could be a, it could be a bit before we see him play. I'm I don't gonna know. assume he ain't playing on this trip. That would is sad news. Skin, don't share that Not negativity to around the holidays. Guy. I just I I think uh, it is. You don't want to have a season where you're yanking him in and out of the lineup. Yeah, and one game at a time. I mean, that's yeah. not good for anybody. It's nope. not good for the rotation. It's not good for Dennis. He ain't I, I mean, grow that that's way. frustration. And yeah. you know, and his shooting numbers. We talked about it. I think on the last episode of this, his shooting numbers. Anytime he comes back, are are down because down. he just doesn't. You know, he doesn't really trust it yet. No, you don't feel – I mean, heck, that one game he came back, he took three shots. Yeah. Um, I want – but, you know, his his focus, that main focus improvement has been his defense. So, here we are talking about defense, and a guy that has the ability to keep people in front of him is not going to be available tonight. Yeah, no, so I, I want to say about that defense thing. So, Dennis came back for that Phoenix game, mm -hmm. and the Mavs got beat by double digits. It was not a great night, obviously, for that anybody. That game sucked. Yeah, but the one – thing that really kind of stood out to me was man and I know DeAnthony Melton is not really a probably not a point guard right he's probably like an off guard but he was starting at point guard for Phoenix and Dennis that was one of the first games if not the first game where I was like wow Dennis is just like shutting him down yeah DeAnthony Melton didn't do anything I mean no. Dennis Dennis really made him uncomfortable so that was really promising to see I think uh, I think he's had a few games where I've noticed man he's doing the right thing defensively he's getting after it he's embracing it and you know We've had these conversations before about the growth of players and 
And so, you know, I, I, in fact, I think about a month ago, we were talking about Dennis compared to De'Aaron Fox and the way teams would try to defend De'Aaron Fox in half court would be similar to the way that they would try to defend Dennis. Now, if you look at Sacramento, they ain't trying to get in any half court, right? No, dude. It's all transition and secondary stuff if they can. I mean, those shots are going up quick. But, um, you know, De'Aaron Fox is – I mean, I saw this going around on social media. Who would you rather start your team with, De'Aaron Fox or Luca? And I'm like, no disrespect. That's kind of crazy talk, but no disrespect. But it does tell you how good De'Aaron Fox is and how far he's come. But that's the ball is in his hands. This is your team. Make the thing happen. That's what Dennis has always had. And so as Dennis adjusts to new roles and new requests being made of him, I just love the manner in which he's embraced it. And that's what tells me it's going to work long term. I'm a big believer in it. Now I just want the kid to get healthy so he can fully contribute without reservation. Yeah. So fix your wrist, Dennis. Yeah. Just fix it. get a new one. Come De- on, you Santa. Can, he can have mine. He can have my wrist. How, oh, nice. Yeah. I don't. I don't need it. That I wouldn't mean, look whatever. weird. I don't. I don't really play basketball at all. <laughs> so uh, he he can take mine. Although I don't know if he would want it because my shot sucks. Oh no. Uh, but anyway, so without Dennis tonight, likely, and maybe for the foreseeable future, as you have uh, unfortunately suggested. Is JJ questionable? What is no, he li- so JJ is listed as questionable. Okay, but uh, that's that's what that ankle sprain. He mm-hmm. sprained it celebrating like a uh, Olinda Mare or who was the, who was the kicker? Not Olinda Mare. I feel bad picking on him. Uh, Martine Gramatica. Oh right? yeah, got yeah. her celebrating. Yeah, that happens to kickers and punters sometimes, it's but a party usually not. Foul. Yeah, usually not NBA players. But that, it did happen to JJ. Unfortunately, he's missed the last couple. The Mavs are zero and three without him this year. So hopefully he does play. Uh, he told the media that he expects to play. Okay. Uh, obviously, JJ's word doesn't mean much around right. here if, if Rick and Casey don't don't think he's good to go. But it would be good to get him back. But anyway, this is a very long roundabout way of saying if Dennis is out, which is very likely, and JJ plays, it gives the Mavs the opportunity or the option to start Jalen Brunson without kind of compromising like the playmaker rotation. Because mm-hmm. uh, without both of them against Sacramento, you started Brunson and Doncic, of course. And then it was like, how do we stack these minutes? That surprised me. It was it was strange, so, but you needed a guard out there to guard. I Fox. was on uh, I was on doing pregame duty on Fox, and Rick doesn't care for us to know what he's going to do. Yeah. So you know, we go in there, we do the presser, and we still know who the starting lineup is. And I was on Fox, going, man, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Jalen Brunson comes with the second unit and they play Lucas, your quote unquote one, and they start Dorian and have Dorian chase Fox. Yeah, just and you know, I mean, I know that's a tough thing, but. With Fox, you know, you play off him and hope he shoots jumpers, even though he's hitting 40% of his threes. I think he'd only taken 88 going into that game. He's so freaking good, dude. He's so freaking good and uh, love the player. And, you know, maybe – and the thing, too, is that he's really quick, but he's long. Yeah. And so maybe Dorian's length bothers him. I'm not second-guessing here. I just thought that's the thinking Rick might have. Yeah. It's the same thinking as earlier when Dennis was out, not starting J.J., starting Jalen so that J.J. is with that unit. Mm -hmm. So, um, so anyways, I was – I was surprised. I really thought Jalen would come off the bench, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens if J.J. can't play tonight, yep. if that's what happens, especially since Jamal Murray's not your traditional one. Yeah, and that's that's where I wanted this to go. So uh, Murray is more of like a come-off screens, yep. a lot of cutting, a lot of like, oh, you're looking to the left, I'm going to go to the right kind of stuff with yeah. Jokic because Jokic is, is such a genius with the ball. For you older guys, he's kind of like a bigger Vinny Johnson in a lot of ways. Oh, okay. Yeah. Constantly moving, shooting. The I microwave. Sort of Jason Terry-ish too. I mean, it's yeah, kind of that the, same Yeah, the mold. thing about Vinny Johnson is he was built like a barrel. Yeah. 
uh, former Baylor guy. And so he they called him the microwave because he was instant offense off the bench. Uh, in fact, he might be your first ever combo guard. I mean, I'm sure there's other guys like him, but that concept. Yeah. I mean, I was a team with Isaiah Thomas, right? And here comes Vinny Johnson off the bench, light it up. And Jamal Murray's a little bit bigger, but he's sort of built. He's like a big stout he's guy. He's like 6'4". Yeah. I mean, he's a big dude. So uh, so it's that sort of mentality. And and Jamal Murray can do some damage in the mid-range, too, coming yeah. off screens. Yeah, absolutely. And so his uh, his pace is obviously much different than uh, Fox's. Denver does play kind of like an up-tempo. There's a lot of movement and a lot of pushing of the ball, but it's more of like moving around instead of like forcing it down your th- like Sacramento will go right at yeah, you it's and they'll, they'll lay it in yeah yeah Denver is much more like a, a month, methodical uh, sprint you to death kind of thing in the yeah. half court so I think that fits Jalen's playing style a little more but he does commit a lot of fouls on shooters uh, so I wonder if it's the Luke ad point guard experience even with JJ right healthy I wonder if that's what we do um, but you do need someone to chase around Brunson or uh, chase around Murray. So if it's not Brunson, it's probably going to be Finney Smith or maybe even Wes. I would do Finney Smith just because he did such a great job chasing Clay Thompson through all those screens yeah. uh, back in Dallas that night. So. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, Denver is starting Juan Schoen and Gomez, who's a really good shooter, uh, also European experience. I wonder he and Luca probably know each other. I don't know where Wancho played before Denver. I should have probably looked that up before I did this, but that's fine. Uh, and then Tory Craig, who's a young guy. So neither of those guys are really like dynamic ISO guys, uh-huh. right? So uh, it's just can you stick to your shooter and uh, not leave them open? It's Dude. tough to do whenever everyone's watching Jokic and Murray's two-man game little dance that they do. I mean, yep. it, these guys get open. Yeah. But uh, it is a – I feel like it's something where you can sort of contain – you can contain the shooters and just and make Jokic and Murray beat you. Have you ever? Uh, is that the first guy you've ever known named Wancho? Yeah, well, his name I think is just Juan. Okay, and they call him Wancho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which if is a, that's had, a pretty sweet name. It's a dope name. I wouldn't mind being Wancho Wade. <laughs> we could start calling you. Yeah, that. I wouldn't mind it. Just make it happen. Yeah, uh, Wancho. Okay, so international experience. He played in the ACB. So he and Luca did cross over for I believe one year in the ACB. How many Hernan Gomez's are there in the NBA? Uh, He's well, got a bro Juan and his brother Willie. Is he in Charlotte right now? Uh, did he go yes. New York to Charlotte? He was traded that... from New York yeah. in the some trade and some trade of a thing. Yeah, yeah. A, a trade so one guy's Willie and one guy's Wancho. Isn't it weird that Willie Aaron Gomez is the big giant center and Wancho is he's also tall. He's six nine. Yeah, they're he, tall. He's dudes. like a he's like a three point shooter spot up guy. He's kind of Belitza like. Yeah. By the way, Bielitsa, my God, he was so rude in the second half of that game against. What a jerk! He's pulling up from like thirty-five feet, just draining. He's him. hitting forty-eight percent of his threes. Are you this serious? Year. Yeah. So God. I may have this wrong, but did you know? I I thought that he was a former Liga MVP too. Uh, no. Bielitsa's not. No, Bogdanovich. Uh, Bogdanovich is. He won EuroLeague Final Four MVP. I believe he was playing for. Uh, oh my God, he's playing for a Turkish team. Uh, let's see. Have Bogdan- you ever been to a Turkish prison? No. Uh, is that a... It's a joke from the movie Airplane. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say, where are you going with that? He know. played for Fenerbahce. That's right. My God, how can I forget that? Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce. Uh, great, great, great Turkish team. Fenerbahce is like when you get into a little car crash, like a little mini one. But you're playing, fin- you're playing Bocce? Is how do you spell Bielitsa's last name? Uh, B-J-E-L-I-C-A. 
this is a great bit you guys can do at home. You can just ask your friends Euro <laughs> names and see if you can figure all this out. You gotta pronounce the name Bajelica. That's okay. so much cooler than Bielita. Uh Bielita was named the Euroleague MVP. Really? Uh, yeah, so I was reading up on this not too long ago. Where Did he play at CSKA Moscow? Where did he he play? played at for a team in, this says Serbia on his jersey in this picture I'm looking at. That's a country. Uh, he played uh, at Ooh, that. He played for Fenerbahce also. Fenerbahce. Hey, Fenerbahce. Wow. And he played for uh, Basconia, which is where Mav's great Roddy Bobois plays. He was the EuroLeague MVP in 2015. Okay. And uh, he was never used properly in Minnesota, uh, I don't think. And I think it's pretty obvious now. Mm. And um, and so he goes to Minnesota or he goes to Sacramento, and he's the reason that Bagley's not starting because when he's out there, he's knocking down 48% of his threes, and that offense hums. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times you guys just got to get in the right situation. Bielita looked like a big old Gallinari out there, just bombing threes, and it's hard to close out on him, and he runs real awkward. And, and he got, actually like beat Barnes off the dribble and blocked Barnes off the several dribble. Several times. I mean, he recovered. He, he had a great game. He's a guy that he's got a condition known as stiff shoulder, which is real weird where it looks like that? his shoulders are pinned back. It's a, it's a thing oh, I it's made a, up. Oh, it's just a joke. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he kind of runs awkward, and his shoulders roll pinned back like a guy. He who, doesn't look like he's about to drop 20 on you. Boy, and he does. Yeah, he does. So uh, I think it's pretty cool, actually. So uh, Bogdanovich did not win uh, EuroLeague Final Four MVP, even though he was the top scorer and the champion and was named to the first team. So I guess someone else must have just been great on that team. But that's now Bielita. Bogdanovich and Luca, who have come over in the last few years, who are just killing it in Europe, and they're killing it in the NBA too. I love too. Bogdanovich. Very surprising that the Kings didn't try and get all three on the same team. But that? that's for a different conversation. Did you see Jaeger's conversation or comment? I did, yeah, and the follow up to it, yeah. Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, pretty interesting pretty, stuff. Skin. Pretty interesting. Okay, so against Denver, you got to figure out how to stop Jokic. Uh, DeAndre, please keep him off the offensive glass. And then Jamal Murray, how do you stop him? Okay, next up, I guess we don't have to talk about these other games in too much of detail because who knows what well, the future holds. Let's just throw this out. I have watched maybe 10 total minutes of Clippers basketball since we saw them on that Sunday night, and yeah. they are struggle city right yeah, now. Yeah, so they are they're three and seven in their last 10. They lost four straight. I mean, I this is like one of my least favorite things about the NBA, and I participate in it, so I guess I'm self-loathing, but that's not new, is that anytime a surprising team gets off to a surprising start it's like it happened with the magic last year they were like uh -huh. eight and two uh -huh. clippers this year they were 17 and nine everyone's like oh that's not gonna stay the same they're gonna start losing soon and then like it always happens and we're like yeah i'm patting myself on the back because i just go for the low-hanging fruit obviously the clippers weren't gonna win 60 games yeah but man they were playing so well and now they're not and i just don't know i don't know why i haven't watched enough of them to know but when we had this conversation a couple weeks ago that was one of the teams we pinpointed as one that would eventually tumble out of yeah, the Yeah, we're killjoys. Yeah. But it's not, you know, I mean it's I uh, mean well, okay, so the the great Lou Williams is out for them right now. So that well, How do you how do you how do you assess the Spurs by the way? They're winning a lot of games. Well, they, they struggled <laughs> and they got they had 3 30-point losses. Yeah. And then they tumbled and now they're back at 500 after last night. They, Didn't they roll last night. They rushed someone. Uh, it was last the night. Knicks or somebody or something or other. Still. Uh so yeah, they're back at 500 and they had dropped down and they had had a ton, you know, several blowouts. 
But it's just I think that's the, oh no they beat Philly by twenty seven dude oh that's right yeah so I think uh, this is going to be one of those years where and dude I'm mean, like if you're uh, you know whatever fan in San Antonio and you're looking at the standings and you're going oh my god look at the Mavericks are a couple games over five hundred and then you might turn around the hey dude it wouldn't be surprising to anybody if the Mavericks went one and three on this road trip yeah I mean it's that kind of a road trip and you go one and three and then suddenly. Oh, look, the Mavericks are really struggling right now. It's just, man, that's the nature of the Western Conference. There is one team that's out of it, and we've lost twice to them. I know. The hell is that? Well, and the the team that's in 14th place, the Mavs have lost twice to them too, Utah. God, well, yeah, but they're a real team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're three games under 500. They they lost again last night. Yeah, they lost to Houston, and Houston, all of a sudden, we were making fun of them, but they've won four games in a row, and Harden took one step for every game they won in a row last night. Oh, my God. So, hold on. Uh, Let's go back in time, because everyone today is going, yeah, that's a travel. Yeah. Is that that different than that other thing that he did earlier in the year where – People were trying to tweet that that wasn't a travel. I don't know. I mean, last night's was pretty blatant. I'm not sure. Last night's was crazy. I'm not sure blatant. I know what you're talking about, but last night was especially bad because, like, if I'm Harden, you're the official, and we're like three feet apart. Yeah. Like, how do you not? Well, no, I, not I will find. I'll find it. I think it was from. I want to say it was from the preseason, Bobby, or maybe it was the first week of the year. Yeah. He did a sidestep. After picking up his dribble. Oh, no, no, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm so, and there's people defending it. And this is what I'm getting into. I'm like, no, 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 no. If you pick up your freaking pivot foot, you you're move. traveling. Yeah. All right? <laughs> Don't try to argue with me otherwise. That is yeah. a travel. <laughs> well, actually, if you look. No. Yeah. If you pick up your dribble. Let me put it to you. And I'll just so I'm not Homer guy. Darren Williams traveled every single time he took a three-point shot. He as a traveled Maverick. a lot. Yeah, He he's, traveled he's every shuffle. time. And they didn't call it. If you catch the ball and you shuffle your feet, you are traveling. Yep. Okay? And so now we're in this age where it's like, well, let's look at the rule. And no, dude, you're accepting. You are now You've accepted a violation as not being a violation, so now you're going to start arguing with yourself over things that are blatant violations. I mean, five steps is a travel. It's ridiculous. I don't know, but boy, what a sick move. Dude, if I tuck the ball and start weaving in and out of everybody... I'll probably have an advantage. Yeah, yeah. It's a no, reason absolutely. the rules are like this. What are we doing? Yeah, I'm trying to look up. I can't find it anywhere. Season traveling stats by player. The uh, they're they're available for last year, but not for this year on this site called NBA. I think it's NBA Minor. It's just a stat site. Uh, they don't have it available for this year, but I would wager that Luca leads the league in travels. I bet he does too. I would also wager that he hasn't committed a travel as blatant as Harden's no, one no, no. last night. Luca does drag his pivot foot a lot, and I think a lot of it is just kind of like targeting. Sort of, he's got the reputation now. He's a rookie. Blah blah blah. Um, by the way, Bogdan Bogdanovich not called for a travel against the Mavs, I think, and he, and he's a European player, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. The only thing that I hope Lucas cut back though on his turnover, his traveling. Tra- it yeah, feels like in the last couple of weeks there was a sure. lot early on. Yeah, uh, one of his step backs maybe against Houston, but I don't think it was against Houston. I think it was against another team, uh, maybe against Portland on that game-winning shot. He kind of, maybe, sort of took three steps, but one of them you was probably one of them was probably a gather. I think one of them was definitely a gather. So that's fine. But what I don't want to have happen is that. The Harden stuff becomes so blatantly bad and so consistently bad 
that the NBA just like legislates the step back out of the game. I, I don't want that to happen. Right. I, d- I just want well, everybody to play the by the step rules. Step back. There's a way to do it without traveling. Though. Well, yeah, you take two steps. And but but this is my whole point. These guys are so good offensively. We don't need to give them all these advantages. Mm. You know. I mean that's ridiculous. It you need to reward the defense for forcing a guy to pick up his dribble. Yeah. And that's not letting him just do the electric slide until he finds a <laughs> shot that he wants. Dude literally took five steps, man. That's ridiculous. That's, that's bad. So uh that's the state of the West right now. So yeah, like you said, well, I mean, so we talked about earlier. The Mavs had the day off last night after having lost two games in a row, and they climbed in the standings. Mm-hmm. So they could go one and three on this trip and still climb in the standings. I have no right. idea what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um but anyway, yeah, so that's the Clippers. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, Lou Williams being out is bad for the Clippers, but it does kind of help the Mavs because that guy always seems to have great games against Dallas. He's a beast, uh, man. It is Sweet Lou. possibly, I don't know if Dennis is going to play in that game, but it's Dennis' chance it's, uh, at retribution against Pat Beverly. Uh, oh. Maybe get a little bit of revenge. Yeah. Uh, if not, who do you think, if, if Dennis is out, which Mav is most likely to uh, knock a tooth out? Probably Salah. Oh, yeah. Salah's just likely knock a tooth out even if he doesn't play, right? It just seems <laughs> yeah. like something wild's always happening with Salah. Well, that's a good question. Yeah, so Pat Beverly better watch out, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, so that's Clippers. Come watch that game with us. I, I know you got to bounce afterward because you're doing some traveling and all that stuff. So, uh, But I think Mike and I are going to stay for the whole game. Oh, so, nice. Uh, yeah, Y'all come, come, a, have, a, come burn, have a... Burning the midnight oil is what they say. Oh, absolutely. We're going to be burning the midnight uh, what's the uh, keg? Good joke, Bobby. Uh, come, come have a Coors Light with us. This will be real interesting to see if Bobby goes back and edits this out or just like, ah, screw it, I'm I'll s- leave it in there. I don't edit anything. Okay, good. I don't, all those F-bombs you said earlier, they're still <laughs> oh, in they're here. Oh, they're still in? Yeah, oh, wow. they're still in here. Sorry, Mom. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's Mavs Clippers Thursday night. Christy Sports Bar and Grill at 8 o'clock for the pregame show. Uh, Portland. I, w- I wish that the Portland-Golden State back-to-back was actually Portland-Golden State and yeah. not Golden State-Portland. I hear you. But, you know, you can't choose the schedule. No, it chooses so, you. So, uh, Golden State, a rare 7.30 central tip-off for a West Coast game. Do Which you know why that is? Is that game being broadcast in Europe or something? I don't know. I, I don't know. And I think that's usually a good guess. When we had that weird Houston game yeah. at 5 o'clock, that was the reason why they had done that as well. So, that's a very good guess. Because uh, Saturday night around that time, there should be an NFL game on. So it's not like the NBA hasn't gone to like the ABC Saturday night stuff yet, I don't think. No, not yet. By the way, dude, I'm a little stressed because I think the Cowboys are making the playoffs. I'm a little stressed that they're going to throw us on Saturday night when we're playing Philly. Oh, January that, that, 5th, I think is. Uh, oh, that will is be, that week 17? That'll be the wild card round. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so uh, hopefully a, the Cowboys play Sunday the 6th. They can maybe work that out because Saturday night the Cow or the Mavs are in Philly. Philly, yeah, Philly. So and I, uh, you know, I get I, on the phone with Adam over okay. at the NBA and just okay. and just say, hey, Adam, place a call to Roger or yeah. just call Roger directly. Adam again. Silver. Adam Silver. Okay, yeah. I thought you meant Adam Wormuth over there in our. Yeah, yeah. We'll call Adam. We call him big. Call Adam Wormuth first, and yeah. then call Adam Silver. Okay. Just see how Adam's doing. Shout out Wormuth. to Adam. We call yeah. him big over there at Mavs Digital Crew. Or just get right with Roger and just say, Roger, look. Do just do better. Do, do you think better, Philly's man. gonna make a wild card? So you think the Cowboys no, are gonna I'm make the playoffs? I'm saying when we're playing the oh, that's very possible. Philly could win out, yeah, uh, and make the wild card. That's so possible. Cowboys it's, it Philly looks right wild now, card It looks matchup. like we're probably playing Seattle. Yeah. 
the Cowboys. When I say we, um, assuming of course the Cowboys win the division, which yeah, they is will. they need to lose out. Philly needs to win out, right? But no, 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 no. Uh, that, that's any how, combination of a Cowboy win. Or no, I'm a, saying that's the only way they don't win. The yeah, division. Philly wins out and Dallas loses out. Yeah, and the Cowboys play what the Bucks and the Giants. Uh, Cowboys play the Bucks and Giants. Yeah. Got to win one of those. We games should be again. good. And I'm not a big football if the personality, Cowboys but lose out, they don't deserve to be in the freaking playoffs. That's true. Yep, that's true. Sorry um, to just beat everybody down with cowboy talk yeah. before our Mav podcast. <laughs> yeah, so that's Mavs Warriors preview. Uh, no, just kidding. Obviously, the Warriors are great. They're getting healthy. Steph is back. Uh, Draymond is back. Boogie is not back yet. There's a chance that he'll that Boogie will play in the game where the Warriors come to Dallas. Uh, That's like so January 10th or something. I hadn't followed up on this. I heard that he was going to go play for their G League affiliate. Has he's, that happened yeah, yet? Yeah, he's practicing with them. I don't think he's actually played. I okay. think he's just practicing. Yep. Uh, obviously, he's coming off an Achilles tear, rupture, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's, it's it, it was the same injury that Wes had, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and Boogie is a about I, when did boogie hurt it was it around the all-star break was it after the all-star break uh i think it was a little bit after the all-star break okay so yeah While he's, we're a, yapping, he's about like that. month nine month ten of recovery uh wesley matthews missed about seven and a half months but he was like the fastest person ever to recover from that injury right. and boogie's obviously a lot bigger he's got a lot more weight on him than west did so um that was another thing there was a lot of talk about. So that happened January the 26th. With Boogie? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's been it's been 11 months almost? Yeah. Wow. Closing in. Wow. But, um, I mean, he's, like you said, he's, he's a, big a big guy. Big dude. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, obviously for him, he's on a one-year deal. The Warriors are really good without him. There's no reason for him to rush back. I mean, all this stuff, it's, just take your time, man. It's here's $5 million and a ring. Yeah, That's absolutely. That's basically what the boogie yeah. thing and, was. And if he comes back and plays one game and looks great, then he makes some money this offseason and yeah. all is right with the world. Yep. Um, but, yeah, Golden State's going to be tough. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. It's just going to be really hard. Um, the next night is also going to be very tough, uh, not only because it's the second night of a back-to-back, but because it's at Portland. Portland has 11-4 uh, at home this season. The Mavs did beat them earlier this year, but that was in Dallas, and that was on the f- not a back-to-back <laughs> for uh-huh. the Mavs. Uh-huh. And I think Portland might have been on a back-to-back that night. I'm not sure. I, I don't. I do not remember. But I don't recall. But their backcourt did not light us up. Yeah, they did not. Well, Damian uh, Lillard did in the second half, mm-hmm. but McCollum had a rare bad game against the Mavs. Normally, he is like Mavs enemy number one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be a tough game, too. I mean, I, I again, it's so far in the future. It's a week from now. I have no idea who's going to play in that game and who right. won't. Um, but Portland is very good in that building. The yep. Mavs usually give them a pretty good fight, um, just ge- in general, especially there. Those games are always close. Heck, uh, I mean, the first – I mean, it's so weird that all that long tradition and all those games I've seen where they're in that building, the first thing that popped into my brain was Yogi Mania. Yogi Mania? Well, I, I always think of the ago. Monte game. Oh, my God, that was so great. Yeah. That was the first time he had hit a game winner off that play, if I remember yeah, correctly. That was, that he, I think Rick drew up that play like a shoot-around that morning or something. And I little known – well, maybe not little known. Maybe our listeners are very astute, but that's the exact same play that Vince Carter hit his famous shot to beat San Antonio. But I believe that was the first time of all the times we had ran that play that the ball went to Vince. Yep. And I got I – have I told you – But that was a wrinkle. They didn't even – in previous times they ran that, Vince never did anything. Have I told you my story about that? Yeah, you have. Yeah, if you uh, want to tell it again. I don't, I don't remember if it was on this podcast. Okay, or I'll make it super quick. So if everybody goes back and remembers, uh, the dude who's in uh, Toronto now, the UT guy. Corey Cor- Joseph. Corey Joseph. Okay, so there was all this action going on about whether or not he was going to be allowed to be subbed in because 
Popovich wanted to put him on the ball to defend the inbounds pass that uh, that was Calderon. Yeah, Calderon made. Jose made. The Mavs at the time are down two. Yes, with two and a half seconds, three seconds left. So I'm standing uh, on the edge because I'm going to do a walk off interview if we win, and I'm standing at the edge of the Mavs bench as all this talking is going on, and Popovich is doing all this, and the officials are all involved. And as that's going on, I look over to my left, and about ten feet away from me. Rick is giving Vince very specific instructions. And in my mind, he's saying, you're going to get the ball. And so if you go back and look, even the way they had positioned Joseph, I can't remember if they left him in or if they made him sit. I can't remember exactly. Uh, He's positioned, usually a guy on an inbounds pass will be more towards the basket, but he's reading it for the Monte curl. Like Santonio knows that it's coming. And so Dallas has the trigger in there, Uh, you know, the counterpart. And – Boy, uh, I think one of the real underrated things about all that is Calderon made a perfect pass. Pass on the money. I believe it was a bounce pass. I, I do not remember. You have to go back and uh, watch. Let's see. Vince Carter. But it was right winner. where Vince could catch. And you know what? Vince probably traveled as we sit here and talk about shuffling to your hey, left. Do you want to be cool or do you want to be lame, Skin? I want to be claim. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was not a bounce pass. It, it was, was a just catch a, and a shot. It was a very, very – oh, man, that was out like out in front of Vince. That was an amazing pass. It was an amazing pass. Yeah, Calderon is the best. Yeah, you can see Corey Joseph lunging toward that Monte Curl. Yes. And uh, the last game of the regular season. So this was, what, game three of that series? Yes, yes. Uh, so game 82, the Mavs had a game against the Grizzlies, and the winner of that game would be the seven seed and play OKC – the loser of that game would be the eight seed and play the Spurs. And that year, the Spurs had a much better record than OKC. The Spurs went on to win the championship, whatever. So, obviously, everybody wanted to win that game, right? Yeah. Uh, well, the Mavs were down one with one and a half seconds left or whatever, and they ran the Monte play and gave it to Monte. Monte took the shot. So, that is the most recent play you know, that comes to mind for the Spurs. And they, they had, they had ran it, it like a week before, and they'd yeah, run it, you know, multiple times. times throughout the year. And so that was, uh, I just remember looking over there as all that cast was going on, and Rick is in Vince's chest, specifically telling him what's about to happen. That would, okay, so that's obviously like straight out of Hoosiers, but imagine that happening in real life. Like there's two seconds left in a playoff game, and uh, your coach is saying, like, you're going to get the ball. Yeah. And then 10 seconds later, you're like, oh, oh crap, I'm about to get right. the ball. I don't know. Like, uh, how would no, you No, he was Jimmy Chitwood. He was like, coach, I'll make it. Oh, yeah, he was cool, man. Yeah. He, and he was cool after he made it. Yeah. He was cool in the press conference after that. I mean, yeah. he was like, you could tell he was happy, obviously, that he made it. But the guy, I mean, when you're that good, I guess you just expect it to go in. Yeah. You know, uh, good I'm stuff, glad we man. ended up going down that path. Yeah, that's way more fun than talking about second night of a back-to-back in Portland. Yeah. Uh, one thing to watch out for, Wesley Matthews at Portland always goes off for like 25 points. Uh, I believe his highest per-game average with the Mavs is against Portland. I would not – that would not he surprise me He averages like, almost 19 a game against them since I, signing here, which is pretty solid. That's the most West thing ever. It is, man. Well, and just like matchup-wise, I'm sure he loves going at McCollum because McCollum's a little smaller than him and just – Wes is his whole brand is you know I went undrafted nobody believed in me I had to forge my own path sort of thing right and Portland after after Wes gave him everything he got Portland didn't resign him chose to go a different direction props to them McCollum's great but I think Wes Wes remembers oh yeah Wes remember he's like the North he remembers um, so that is Mavs Blazers okay before we get out of here so because this has gone about forty five minutes so before we uh, end I want to do a little like Ma- state of the Mavs on the road. Thing. Okay. Um, kind of by the numbers. So the Mavs this year, everybody knows they're 13-3 and three at home. They are not on the road. 
Uh, <laughs> well said. They're, they're two and ten on the road. Uh, that is going to change. I mean, hopefully they. I think that they can give Denver a good game. I think, but who who knows? Uh, Denver's amazing, so that it could be two and eleven after today. But uh, the fact remains, the Mavs need to figure out a way to win on the road. Yeah. And kind of one of those common things that you see throughout all of sports, not just the NBA, but I think especially in the NBA because there are so many games, uh, is that generally if you're a good team, you're winning a ton of games at home and you're near 500 on the road. Yes. Even you're maybe not even above 500. Typically, like at least half the playoff teams have losing records away from home, but they win 30 plus uh, in their own building. Right. That's kind of a common theme with Denver over the years, for example. But uh, the old cliche, right, if you're a young team, not if you're a good team, just a young team, you're going to be better at home than on the road and often significantly better. So I looked and was like, okay, yeah, is there actually uh, anything to support that notion that young teams are generally pretty bad on the road? And I looked and lo and behold, there is a pretty serious correlation between age and wins. And now this is only one season. I just looked at last year's total in one year whenever there's been 75 or whatever in the nba is a pretty small sample size okay but generally older teams win way way more on the road obviously if you're starting a bunch of 19 year olds you're probably going to struggle in a place where your opponent is more comfortable you'll struggle everywhere but especially there yeah you're going to (laughs) struggle at home but i mean if you're like think about it you know the suns teams aren't maybe getting up to play you on the road when they got the Lakers or the Warriors the next night. Right. You know? So you're going to be better at home. You're going to be worse on the road. Last year, uh, I can calculate the correlation for you if you want. Otherwise, maybe I could just tweet the picture. But it's pretty much a straight line. The older you are, the better you are on the road. There are exceptions. Like last year, for example, the Mavericks were the fifth oldest team in the NBA, thanks in large part to Dirk. Mm-hmm. They only won nine games away from home. A lot of those games came at the end of the year whenever winning wasn't really important to them. Right. This year... And last year, the Mavs, as the fifth oldest team in the league, their average age was 27.7 years old. This year, they're a whole lot younger. Their average age is 27.6 years old. Okay. So they did get about 36 days younger on average. (laughs) Thank you, Luca. Yeah, yeah. And that's all Luca, man. And, and, okay, so this is is to let you know, uh, no offense, no disrespect, obviously, but how old Dirk, Berea, and Devin Harris are. The Mavs brought back Devin this year. They added Luca, who's 19, mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson, who's 22. They added Daryl Macon, who's 23, and they added Ray Spalding, who's 21. And <laughs> their net gain was 0.1 years. <laughs> They're still super old. And now, if you take Dirk off the team, because Dirk has not played How dare until you? the last two, but if you, well, this is imaginary. Oh, okay. okay. This is just imaginary. Yep. If you remove Dirk from the equation, the Mavs average age is 26.8 years old. So obviously. He makes a pretty significant difference uh, in their in terms of their average age. Now, anyway, uh, that all of that is to say, yeah, uh, young teams usually struggle away from home. Right. Older teams are usually better. And is even that because of Fortnite, yeah, it's because of Fortnite. Yeah, uh, oftentimes guys will travel actually with their uh, with their console. Oh yeah, young guys. Oh yeah. I think it's amazing that we live in a day and age where popular millionaire athletes like openly talk about video games and anime. Uh, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. This year, by the way, uh, while we're on the subject, uh, the Mavs are the 15th, or no, 14th, sorry, I can't do math, 14th oldest team in the league. Okay. So they're, they're the, the 16th youngest team. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty good stuff. 
Um, and then you got to get into the whole, well, what about the, where the majority of the minutes go and all that sort of stuff? I mean, obviously, DeAndre's 31. How old is DeAndre? Uh, yeah, DeAndre's 30. Weston Matthews is 32. Yeah. And those guys do, you know, if you're doing it by, like, weighted age, I mean, J.J. and Devin are playing most of these games, but they're, they're only playing, like, 15, 18 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. So, generally, the bulk of your minutes are going to young guys. And specifically, like we were talking about earlier with Dennis missing time and with J.J. missing time, I mean, their only playmakers in that Kings game were Luka and Jalen Brunson. And Jalen's the oldest. Jalen's yeah. older than Dennis, isn't he? Yeah, Jalen yeah. is actually older than Dennis. Jalen Brunson's 22 years old. Dennis is 21. Yeah. And Jalen's a rookie and Luka's a rookie. Yeah. And Dennis has played like 85 games, right. 90 games. So whenever those three guys are your point guards, I mean, it's going to be, even if you have vets around them, it's going to be tough on the road to consistently get good shots just because those guys are – it's their first time playing against their opponent. It's their first time playing in that building. And they got 20,000 people who hate them for no reason. Right. Hard to deal with when you're a youngster. Abs- Dude, it's hard to deal with when you're it's an like, oldster. It's like bullying. Oh, I like the word oldster. Yeah, you're, you're not an oldster yet. I'm getting there. Yeah. You're, a lot of you're grand, my beard. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, can I give a quick shout-out? Yeah. I'd like to give a shout-out to you. Oh, why? Uh, you did great on Mavs Insider. Oh, thank you. Yeah, sometimes I catch Mavs Insider a little bit later, and it was on the other night, and I flipped it on, and we did uh, you know, Bobby's Breakdown, and mm-hmm. I thought you did an excellent job. Thank you very much. If you guys don't know, uh, Bobby's been doing stuff on Mavs Insider on Fox Sports Southwest, and uh, you know, set your DVR to make sure and catch that. It's usually on before and after Mav games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we air once every two weeks. But uh, great, every other Friday, every other Friday is the the first episode. But then it'll run throughout the next couple weeks. But uh, make sure and check it out and look for our guy Bobby Carella. Hey, thank you, man, rocking it out. And uh, for the other about twenty eight and a half minutes of the show, you can watch Jeff Skin Wade. We're trying to get a little bit less of me. Trying to weed no, me out no, a little no. bit. <laughs> no, because you even had the moment of the week or whatever. Yeah, what, what was, was it? Was it was uh, who's living their best life? Yeah, and that was the moment where we're like, man, we need to get the Mavs tweeting and IGing more, gramming more, bro. Yeah. Uh, well, no, Luca is like definitely very online. He is. Yeah, he's yep. super online, but on brand. He's got to be a little more. I think that's the thing. So uh, we had uh, on Lazelle's podcast just between us girls. Katia was subbed out this week, or not subbed out, but she was just out because the day they recorded, they had a game. Anyway, Katia setting up the TV truck, so she couldn't do it. So I, I stub, subbed in for her. So you were the girl. I was. I like that. And, uh, Gender neutral. Bob. To get the to get it up to to two women on the podcast, they brought in Annie Finberg from the Hawks. Okay. Who also hosts uh, Winging It with Vince Carter. This mm-hmm. man, the NBA is a small world. Pretty awesome. Anyway, winging it's a great name for a podcast for the is, Hawks. Man. Yeah, it is, and they've had some. They've had some good guests. They got an episode with Dirk coming out. I don't know when. I think it's in a couple weeks. So okay. So anyway, subscribe to that podcast. It's great. Um, but we were talking about all these young guys on the team, and I was like, "Yeah, Luca is super duper." I mean, he's always posting it, uh, Instagram, Twitter. He's always retweeting the Mavs. But like Trey Young, not really online for the Hawks. Like their most kind of like consistent online personality is Bazemore. Really, really, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, you know, they got some other guys, too. Everybody's on Instagram. But even she said, like, none of those guys really even use Twitter anymore. Wow. Yeah, so. cause you can't put the cool pic. I mean, you can, but Twitter is more of an information thing. Instagram, you know, and, and it's almost, so I, I got off Facebook about, shoot, I don't even know, five or six years ago. And yeah, no one uses Facebook anymore. And it's it, it was just two, one, stop sending me angel poems. Two, I don't <laughs> care what you're you know, political affiliation is, and three, I don't want to see your grandkids. So I, I got away from that, and then, but I like Twitter as an information feed. Um, and so I There's like... There's a whole lot of all that other stuff on Twitter, too. It absolutely though. is. Yeah. It absolutely is, but it's real easy to mute people and, mm-hmm. you know, just move on down the trail. 
And uh, but Instagram, I just got into in like the last year, year and a half or whatever. And it's just it's a nice diversion because it's there. It just I don't find negativity on Instagram. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it's out there. I just don't see it that much. And when think of it as a player. I mean, if you're on Twitter and, God forbid, you go three for 12 one night, your mentions are just going to be an absolute S-storm. What I don't know what it is, but Twitter turns everybody into an asshole. I know, dude. It's just it's so bad. It's so bad. Just I tweeted this out the other night guy. because the Cowboys had lost earlier in the day, and then we lost to Sacramento, and I pull up Twitter, and I'm all these negative tweets are coming at me. And so there's one guy in particular. I'm not going to put him on blast. But I, he's like, oh, my God, oh, I'm so sick of this team. And I'm going, dude, we just won 11 in a row at home. Yeah. So I clicked on his Twitter account, and I started scrolling through his tweets. Oh, what a surprise. It's nothing but negative trash. Negative, 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 negative. And I'm like, you know what? This is how you're choosing to live your life. I, I can't be a part of that. Boom, your ass is muted. I just, I don't ever, you have nothing to you offer. You just got the, skinned. You, well, you just, you just don't have anything to offer the world. Yeah. Maybe you do, and maybe you're doing it at your office, but you have nothing to offer the world through your social media platform but negativity. I don't need that. Mm. Bye. Don't tweet me. If, if you tweet me something negative and I look and you got all these other things to balance it, I can take you seriously as a person. If you're just hate sprinkler i got no i got no time for you yeah go find something better to do with your energy that is absurd yeah, to me your twitter account is like how you choose to present you yourself choose, to the world these are conscious I mean, that's like decisions your, that's your that is your brand that's how people perceive yes. you to be and these are conscious decisions that you're making so this is the second longest win streak in the history of the club and your reaction to the sacramento loss is this team is trash yeah gotcha yep. got it dude you're making a lot of and, sense and just that you word, seem reasonable that you word seem very reasonable yeah, to describe pe like people, players, ideas, just saying the word trash is so bad. Okay. That's, uh, a, that's a bad word to it's use. It's a bad word to use. I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, I was just talking to Joey Gallo on the Ben and Skin show, and he was talking about the same thing. Is like, well, you know, if I strike out, people call me trash. Did you see Jeremy Lin's uh, thing from a couple weeks ago where he was like, I don't know the exact number. There's 400 people in the world that make the NBA out of whatever it is, 38 billion people, mm. and you're going to call one of those 400 people trash. Yeah. Got it. Just you seem like a like good person. Literally Got it. trash. Right. Like, just and it, that word is just so... Dude, so don't use that word. If you're listening to this podcast right now, and you're thinking, uh, and if you go and look at your own tweets, and if you're looking and like all of it is negative stuff, and you're telling everybody how bad they suck, dude... You you are you are making so little good use of the time that you're spending on this earth. Mm. There's so much more that you can do. These are basic. Hell, Star Wars taught us this at kids. There's basic energies. There's good energy and there's bad energy. And if you're spending all this time just harnessing bad energy, your life is gonna suck, homie. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm helping you right now. Seriously, just take a step back and look at what you're doing. You can fix your own life. You don't have to just wallow in negativity. I like funny, sarcastic, cynical stuff. I get it. I'm I steer that way sometimes, but all the time, all the time, yep. that's what you want to do. Really, you're going to be lonely. People are not going to want to be around you. They're going to start blocking your ass. That's not the way to go. That is not the way to go. Just inject some positivity in the yeah, world. Yeah, it's okay you know? to have have some balance. Yep. It's okay to see the dark side. But, dude, the bright side's over here. Mm. Just, just You don't even have to go far. Just turn your body. Yep. Just turn your body, and there's some light over don't here. Don't face into the sun, but like kind of near it. There's you know? warmth out here. Yeah. It ain't that hard to find. Absolutely. And, hey, at the end of the day, it's just basketball. Just none, of this, none of this really 
really matters all that well, much. Well, the basketball does. The I basketball mean, matters a whole it's lot. It matters but, a lot. Yeah, but, well, yeah. And, and but I hear what you're saying, but yeah. yeah. But yeah. it, yeah. Obviously, it's the most important thing ever, but For it's sure. not really that important. Right. It's just, this is fun, man. This is fun. Hey, and on that just, note, just, happy uh, Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Uh, skin. Yeah. Before we get out of here, yep. is there anything that you, uh, any final Mavs thoughts, any final takes just general that you want to let linger? Because remember, it's going to be, I guess we'll be with people on Thursday night, but on this podcast, it's not going to be till 2019 that we get to, to, right. to visit again. Right. Uh, I would just like to say congratulations to all Mav fans. Uh, I, I was saying this to somebody in the organization on draft day. Is the last two years, if that's as bad as it got, boy, did we dodge a bullet. And look, man, I don't want to put too much on, uh, on young Luca, but he looks pretty special. And you've got to get lucky. We had Orlando in here last week. And Orlando's been in the lottery a lot. And they have some players I like. I don't know that they have anybody special, but they got some good, some good players. But you can be in the lottery for a long time and get nobody special. And if the two worst years we've had in a long time yield Dennis and Luca, and now we got Harrison and you know is in his prime, and we're moving in the right direction, and free agent possibilities are happening. If that's as bad as it got. Congratulations, everybody. Yep. Because I was an adult living through the 90s when it sucked all the time. Mm. So congratulations. Playoffs might not come this year. They might not. I mean, these next 12 games are tough, and nobody's going to lie to you about that. We could, be, we could be looking in two or three weeks and thinking, oh, man, it was fun being four games over 500. Mm-hmm. But playoffs are coming soon. Coming it might soon. not be this year, but it might be next year. It might be the year after that. But it is – it is coming soon. All I want to do is be in the mix, baby. Yeah. There is a light at the end of this tunnel, firmly at the end of this tunnel, and it is, it is getting bigger every day. Yep. It really is getting bigger every day. I can't believe that it was that it happened as quickly as it has. There's still some work to be done, obviously, mm-hmm. and everybody, a lot of free agents and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of decisions to make these next couple of years, but, man, yeah, it's been good. Merry Christmas, it Bob. It has been good. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Hallelujah. Yep. Uh, Skin, I'll see you on Thursday. Absolutely. Uh, Don't forget to listen to that pod. Otherwise, happy holidays to you and yours. Enjoy some Mavs basketball. Enjoy the new year. And we'll see you in in 2019. See ya.